this is John Swan, and I'm your host today for this special bonus edition of The Hive Jive. This bonus episode is brought to you by Wicked B. want some nectar? How about some pollen? You know, I can I can have my sisters go get it. They, they just do everything for me. Oh man, this is like, it's the best life. I just lay around all day. And you know what? Like, I think later I'm going to go out. We're going to go up to that drone congregation area. See if we can find us some chicks, man. You know how it is. Yeah, buddy. But first, let's, come on, let's go get something to drink. Oh, no, 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 wait, wait. Let's not go get it. Let's have our sisters bring it to us. That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> hey, welcome to another bonus episode of The Hive Jive. Now, this random little interjection that you heard there at the very beginning, this is the inner monologue of a drone bee. And that is today's focused episode on this bonus episode, The Drone Bee. It is basically the bachelor pad of bees, or the bachelor of bees. The drone is, it does have an important role, but I tell tell you, from the get-go, the drone looks like it has it made. It's got the life, right? It's not a worker bee. It doesn't have to worry about going around and doing all the work and building all the stuff and taking out all the trash. And, you know, it doesn't really even have to fight to defend the hive. And I mean, now it's not to say that it wouldn't, but I mean, it kind of doesn't even have the equipment, if you know what I mean, because instead of having a stinger like the queen and like the worker bee, well, the drone doesn't. So if you ever want to take a drone out and play with it or, you know, go through when you're doing demonstrations, give the kids a drone and the drone can go through and it, it can't do anything. It can't bite them. It can't sting them. It's just a big, fat, dumb looking little bee. Okay. That's, that's wrong. That's rude. I apologize. It doesn't look dumb. He's just as cute as everybody else. I mean, the fact that his eyes are huge and they touch in the center of his head that, you know, we shouldn't make fun of drones. They cannot help the way they were born. <laughs> okay, so on that note, let's get started here at the beginning. Just like we did with the queen and with the worker bee, the drone starts off as an egg. However, it is not a fertilized egg. That's correct. So we talked about how the queen is a female fertilized egg and the worker is a fertilized female egg as well. But the drone, the drone is not fertilized. Now this is the difference between haploid and diploid, meaning genetic information coming from two parents versus genetic information coming from a singular parent. Now, it's really kind of odd, and it also makes your head hurt. Me specifically, like when I really get dug down deep into this type of science and we go through and we read about it and we learn about it, on the surface you think about it and you're like, wait, so he doesn't have a dad? Okay. Um, how exactly does that work? Oh, well, well, all the genetic information comes from the mother. So he's a clone. Like, he's a clone of his mother because he's just getting all the information from there, right? Well, no, because if he was a clone, he wouldn't be a he, he would be a she. And he's clearly not. He's a boy. He's a little boy bee. And as a little boy bee should... Since how he doesn't have a stinger, he has little boy parts instead. So where the stinger should be, he actually has a phallus. And that's, you know, <laughs> kind of how it works out. It's odd. You know, it's all the information coming from the queen, but yet he comes out as a boy. 
it's his duty to take all of that genetic diversity that the queen has imparted to him and to go forth into the world and to spread his wild oats and thereby also spread the genetics of his queen, which is the genetics of his colony, with other virgin queens so that their colony can also partake in some of these genetic attributes that might actually be better for their colony. So that's kind of how nature has designed this whole process. So when you go back and you start off, again, it's an unfertilized egg. So that egg is laid into the cell and it goes through the same developmental cycle that the queen and the worker bee both go through. Day one, it's an egg. Day two and part of day three, it is still an egg. On a part of day three though, it does hatch into the first stage of the larval development. At that point, days one through five, which technically, I guess if we go back and count that correctly, would be days three, four, five. <laughs> it is actually six times over increasing its size and increasing its body mass by consuming copious amounts of food and brood food as they come through and they feed it. But as it reaches that 10th day and the bees come and they cap the cell, that's where everything kind of changes. The drone has the longest developmental cycle out of all of the bees. So the queen, being the most important one in the colony, has the shortest developmental cycle at only 16 days. The worker bee, she takes 21 days, but that drone, he's a lot bigger. He really is kind of like a small bumblebee in comparison to the size of the other bees. And he takes a full 24 days. Now, 24, 25, 26, depending on where your count is in there, he takes a lot longer. And because of this, he's also a prime candidate for varroa mites to go into the drone cells because they know with those few extra days, they have enough time that they can generate one extra offspring. So instead of going into a regular cell and creating three extra Varroa mite, they can go into the drone cell and they might be able to create four Varroa instead. So the drone is kind of a target for that in that developmental cycle. His life is completely different from that of the queen and radically different from that of his sisters, the worker bees. Day one, he kind of sort of starts to chew his way out of the cell, but honestly, the whole top of his head is two giant eyeballs. So there's not a lot going on there. The workers, his sisters, they come and they help. They help chew the rest of the cell off, the capping, and they get in there and they tug and they pull and they tug and they pull on his fat little body so they can get him pulled out of that cell. And once they finally remove his little booty from that cell, well, then they proceed to go through and they clean him off and they feed him. That's right. Now, remember, we talked about the worker bee. Man, she didn't get any of that. It was not a life of luxury for that poor girl. She had to do all the work herself. She had to chew herself out of that colony. She had to pull herself out of the colony. She had to chew herself out of that cell. She had to pull herself out of that cell. But that's not how it goes for the drone. For the drone, nope, it is weighted on hand and foot. Now, it's going to take about two weeks for the drone to really reach sexual maturity. So during those two weeks... Let's think about a normal teenage boy. 
I mean, if he had a game console, he would be sitting around drinking soda pop and eating potato chips and playing video games all day, and that's about it. His contributions to the colony are very slim. Now, there has been some research out there, so, you know, I don't want to completely diss on the drone and say that he's a lazy SOB, but... He does have sometimes, he does have some shining moments where he may actually help fan the colony to cool it off and do some other little menial tasks, we'll say. But for the most part, he's a lazy boy. Now, as a lazy boy, again, you know, go get you a couple drinks, you hang out, you get waited on, you get pampered. They do finally, after about a week, start to back off of that pampering. And when they do that, you know, well, fine, I guess. I know where the refrigerator's at. Gosh, I'll go get it myself. The drone goes and he does his thing. And this this whole little cycle of, you know, just lavish and gorging and all these things, they, they last up to that two-week mark. Now, at two weeks, he is now sexually mature. And it is time to leave the colony and to go on my first flight. And so I go out and I figure out where home is. But my real goal, that's right, I'm going out with the boys. We're going to have a night on the town or, well, really an afternoon on the town. We're going to go and there's this really hot spot. It's like where all the happening guys go. It's called the Drone Congregation Area. Well, so a drone congregation area, for all intents and purposes, is a massive cloud of drone bees in one localized section. And it's a little bit tricky to decide how exactly they pick this. There are theories that range everywhere from the electromagnetic field to air currents to, to pressure and humidity variances. But a lot of times these congregation areas are very close to the same place each year. Now what they do is they hang out in this area and they wait. They wait for that marvelous moment when they see their princess arrive. And when she does, it's a virgin queen, and she flies through this drone congregation area, and man, the hormones, they're a-racing, and the, it is on. They all go after her, and they all try to catch her, and whoever successfully catches her, he latches on. I mean, he, he well, <laughs> so <laughs> cover your children's ears if they're listening, because this is what happens. He catches the queen, he inserts his phallus, orgasms and during the climax of that orgasm it is so powerful he wrenches his body over which mind you this is his version of a stinger and we know what happens when a worker bee stings something right <laughs> well let's just say it's the same concept he wrenches over backwards and it rips the phallus from the body and you you can audibly hear this little pop in the air and down out of the sky spirals a dead drone thunk that is it he's done the next drone that happens to catch the queen removes the phallus from the former drone and the process repeats this process can repeat anywhere from 14 to 20 plus times it all depends on the queen herself but that's it right so it, i mean bang you're dead <laughs> like you literally go out with a bang if you're a drone bee and started off life sounded good you were going through you were being waited on hand and foot like there was not a care in the world your only objection was to catch that virgin queen and if you were the lucky slash unlucky one to catch her well it's it you're over you die if you're not the lucky one though 
well, you go back home and you live to try another day. And that cycle repeats and you continue trying another day and another day and another day. But eventually spring goes away, summer goes away. And what we end up with is now fall is approaching. And if you still haven't managed to catch your dream princess and go out with a bang like your brothers, well, unfortunately, there's another fate that awaits you. Your sisters have decided you eat too much. You are eating us out of house and home, and we are not going to take it anymore. That's right. You get kicked out. They throw you out on your rump with nothing to your name, and they refuse to let you back in. So at that time of year, you can actually go and look at the front of your colonies, and you'll see this line of guard bees blocking the entrance, and you'll see this arc of drones standing out front going, please, we're so sorry, we promise we'll do something, just let us inside, it's cold. It doesn't happen. You get kicked out, you starve, you die. So let's recap. If you're a drone bee, life sounds good. You can either one, successfully mate with a queen and pop, that's it, you're dead. Or you don't successfully mate and you go back home only to be kicked out of your house and you starve and you die. So if you're a drone bee, you die. That's basically the story. So I'm sorry guys, that's really how it breaks down. I, I just don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Your options, if you don't want to go out that way, you can go out with a bang or you can starve to death. And, um, you know, it's that or you are a worker bee and you work yourself to death or you're a queen bee and you're basically a slave to the rest of the colony and you're just made as an egg manufacturing plant that just constantly pumps out eggs. So there you go. <laughs> That is always my favorite one to tell, the drone bee, because you get such shocked reactions. We'll go through and we'll do a class or teach a presentation and we get to the drone and I tell the story and you can just like the ladies laugh, the guys gasp in shock and horror. And it's it's fun. It's fun for me. I get some sick, twisted pleasure out of telling the story and watching the reactions on people's faces. So that's it. That's our bonus episode for the drone. I do hope that you enjoyed this episode. Um, hopefully it doesn't give you nightmares because, you know, <laughs> it could go either way. Could be a good dream, could be a bad dream. All depends on whether or not you catch that queen, I'm just saying. But anyhow, I hope you have enjoyed this bonus episode and there will be more bonus episodes to come. We'll pick another topic, we'll go in, we'll focus down on that topic and we'll try to make light of some of these things and maybe make it a little lighthearted as we did this episode. So until that happens though, keep your eyes open because there will be another episode with Ken and myself where we'll be back with more Hive Jive.